This is a different kind of sermon without a scripture text, but if you want to pull out a hymnal in front of you, that's these things, and turn to page 66, I am reflecting on a very important work in the hymnal. It's the kind of song that takes the attention off of yourself and places it onto God. Many of our songs are I, me, our, but the song in verse or uh, page number 66 is really to God. Kennedy's still here. Kennedy, how do you say in Spanish good, bueno, and then how do you say bathroom? Baño, buen, bueno, and baño. I messed that up. On our last day, coming back from the compound to the airport, which was about a three-hour drive, and I drink coffee in the morning, and I had my share of coffee, and after three hours, I was ready to use the baño. Unfortunately, I thought it was bueno. I went into the airport saying bueno, bueno to everybody. <laughs> Nobody helping me at all. When you don't know the language, uh, that could really get you in trouble. And that's especially evident when you're in another country that speaks a different language. Well, today, I'm not talking about Spanish and English. English I'm talking about the language of faith. I'm talking about the language of faith. What I mean is this, giving God the credit. We have a great opportunity, members, we have a great opportunity to give God the credit for the great things that he did in Nicaragua. But how do we do that? I guess maybe a deeper question is how do we even talk about God? Every Christian is responsible to share Christ. The, the word we use is evangelism. Every Christian is supposed to share the love of Jesus. And some people don't think they have to share about Jesus specifically. All they have to do is do good deeds or good works. And if we do good deeds and good works, then when people see those good deeds or good works, then they will praise God in heaven. But will they actually praise God in heaven? Or will they just give you the thanks? I don't think that people automatically give God the glory. In my experience, when a non-Christian receives an uncommon blessing from God or something good, a non-Christian will frequently say, I was so lucky or it's karma, or what comes around goes around. It's the rare person that sees what God has done and says, praise God. It's the rare person. Did you know a few weeks ago, several Sunday school classes and uh, individuals collected money for Emmanuel Wahiwe who is receiving home care right now after his bad car wreck 
and he has a speech deficiency and he has to have round the clock care so that Comfort can go to work at the airport. One of the CNAs that they had hired stole from the Wahiways $3,700. That was important money. They were devastated. They filed a police report. The police came and interviewed Emmanuel. But all I can say right now is yes, in different levels of intensity. Yes, 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 yes. You can't get a statement like that. How are they going to collect the money? And all of a sudden, the next day, they received from the Fayetteville Christian Church $5,700 that was collected because we love Emmanuel. Gift called me Wednesday night when we were celebrating the Thames adoption in tears. I'm worried that something has happened. I go to the serving cell classroom so that I can hear better. Gift McDougal was on the phone saying, praise God. See, we lost the money, but God knew that we needed it. It's the rare person that can see something good and give God the glory. And sometimes it's the rare Christian that will defer the glory to God. We have a great opportunity, Christians, to give God the glory for what he has done in Nicaragua. I'm going to say this phrase and then I want you to repeat it after me. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Let's say that together. To God be the glory, great things he has done. That needs to be a part of our vocabulary. To God be the glory, great things he has done. It means we're given all the credit, all the glory to God. To God be the glory. But what about me? When do I get the love? When do I get the appreciation? When do I get the credit? Well, the Bible would say elsewhere, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Put God first, elevate God, and God will take care of you. So what I'm talking about uh, this morning is Christian words, the language of faith. Words are important. We know that. In the beginning, the Bible says, was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. In fact, creation happened because God spoke it. Unlike all the narratives and the myths that are out there where, where deities battled and the blood of one deity created the earth and where the creation itself comes out of a conflict or chaos, the Christian story is one where God spoke into chaos and created order by the word of God. Because words are important. The, the Bible says that on judgment day, we will be judged for every idle word that is uttered because words are important. One of the Ten Commandments was, is don't use the Lord's name in vain. Don't use words wrong. 
don't treat holy things as mundane. But you don't have to be religious to know the importance of words and the detriment of harmful words. My mother, who is 75, I think, to this day, talks about how she grew up with her brother who called her fatty. For years and years and years, the word fatty penetrated to her very soul because words heal and words hurt. Stupid, ugly, words have power. But I'm talking about the power of God words. I'm afraid that we've lost the vocabulary that's necessary to give God the credit for what God is doing. You see, people see our good deeds. They see that we've taken up a big offering. They see that we've gone to Nicaragua. They've seen that we've volunteered for organizations like Faith Samaritans, and they want to thank us. And we say, you're welcome. But we don't point people to the fact that this is what God has done. To God be the glory. And if we don't point people to God, how are they going to know to thank God? Well, they automatically know it. I think we could inadvertently take all the credit ourselves if we don't redirect people to God. To God be the glory, great things he has done. How do you talk about God? I have a smartphone that has Siri on it. And I think that Siri is always listening to me because there'll be times that Siri will say, now, what was that? I'm like, what are you talking? I'm not even talking to you. It's like somehow it's listening to me. If Siri was listening to you, or it is, or whatever I'm talking about, and recorded every reference that you have to God, what would it be? How would you talk about God? How do you talk about God? What would be your record for the week? I think most of us would say the word thank God a lot. Thank God. My grandma used to say, well, thank God you weren't hurt worse. Was she really thanking God? Or was she just saying, I'm glad you didn't get hurt worse? I mean, the words that we use in reference to God, I'm not even sure. I'm speaking personal. I'm not pointing fingers. We're even referring to God. I've seen it very common in the South, and I appreciate it. I'm not angry about it. But when somebody sneezes, somebody says, God bless you. And that seems very appropriate. You know, you don't want somebody getting other people sick, and you're asking that God would bless them. But I sometimes wonder if they really are saying, God, almighty God. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Bless you. Or if they're just saying something that we said. So what do you do when someone wants to thank you for doing something and you want to give all the credit to God? What do you say? I think it's the perfect time to say, 
to God be the glory. Maybe you have a better phrase. Maybe you've thought about that already. But I think that one sounds good to me. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Now, I'm not asking you to write that down and to use that every chance you get as a way to witness to people. You know, you go to Panera and you want to say thank you. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. You know, you use something long enough, it doesn't even mean anything. The person that says glory be, glory be, glory be. What's glory be mean? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you overuse something, then maybe it loses its meaning. No, I'm not suggesting that they become the catchphrase of the week, but maybe it needs to be a phrase that we use as practitioners of the Christian faith, that we recognize that what's happening is really what God is doing. We just got to be part of it. To God be the glory. Great things he's done. Well, I think there's a couple reasons we don't say that. The first reason is we're a little bit afraid to go public with our faith. Somebody says, thank you, and you say to them, to God be the glory. Then they're like, hey, listen, now you get a little personal there. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know. They're like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to go out with what I think. So we just say, you're welcome, and we try to play it off. Or maybe we feel like it could be misconstrued as some kind of radical witness. Somebody says, hey, here you go. You say, to God be the glory. Like, hey, what, are you, what are you thinking? Can't you just say you're welcome? I mean, why do you have to get all religious on me like that? Anyway, start handling snakes and stuff? You know, we, we have this fear associated with bringing faith and religion into our conversation. And so, therefore, we don't ever bring faith or religion into our conversation. So when God does good things, and he does them all the time, we never point people to God. We just hope they know it. But really, I think the biggest issue, and this is the one I want to finish with, is that perhaps some of us have this deep-seated conviction, this belief that really what happened is not the result of God. It's the result of us. We don't really want to say to God be the glory because we think that we did it ourselves. That's the last one I want to talk about with you. Because we went down to Guatemala or Nicaragua and we built a house. But God built the house. We gave the house to a family in Nicaragua, God gave the house to a family in Nicaragua. God did that. Now, a skeptic might say, well, how did God do that? God didn't show up. We see you're wearing T-shirts. We saw that you flew in the airplane. We saw pictures. You were the one that did it. How did God do that? I'm not going to include everybody, but just let me give you a little synopsis of how God worked to point out to you that this is how God worked in Nicaragua. And I'm sorry if I overlook some things. 
It's not a complete record. It's just right off the top of my head. Here we go. Years ago, Helen Thornton was looking for a mission trip to take her daughter Susan to. She went to a missions convention and found Casas. Nearby or after that, one of our church members, Dean and Sandy Lappin's son, Jason, went on a trip to Casas and later became an intern and now has been hired 24 years working for Casas. Our church, because of Helen, because of Jason, because of the Lappins, have involved themselves in Casas mission trips for many years. If you've ever been on a Casas mission trip, would you please stand? That's a sizable chunk of our church. I'm guessing 20 people. And there's been folks that have gone that are no longer with us. Thank you. Be seated. Twelve years ago, Carlos learns about our church when his brother-in-law, Jose, moves their Spanish-speaking church to the Fayetteville Christian Church. His entry into our church is through another church. Ten years ago, Carlos falls off of a ladder and breaks both of his wrists. He was a professional painter. He had to figure out what God was doing in his life since he could no longer paint for a little while. Carlos became more serious about being a missionary. Carlos is a homemade missionary. What he makes, he spends on missions. He didn't go to different churches and get support. The only support he was getting was from his own home church, you and I. Carlos had a vision that Casas would go to Nicaragua someday. Casas had no plans to go to Nicaragua. Carlos was sure that God was telling him that Casas was coming. So Carlos built with our financial assistance, a retreat center, really, for when Casas was to arrive. Casas did not have plans to go to Nicaragua. They only accidentally met up with Carlos in Nicaragua, but it was there that it was confirmed to them that this indeed what was, is what God was doing in Nicaragua. And so the faith of Christian church was chosen to be the first church to build in Nicaragua, but we were to have to raise nearly $10,000 for this house to be built. See, it's not just us going to pay for our way and our food and our airline. We are responsible for paying for the house that we're giving to the people. That's $10,000. And so the Fayetteville Christian Church, in response to that, had a yard sale we raised more than $6,000, all of which was given to the build in Nicaragua. If you, if you participated, which means you worked it or helped, in the yard sale, would you stand up, please? Thank you very much. You'll be seated. So monies are being raised. We're going to be the first build based on a long legacy, based on our very own church members, Jason Laffin and Carlos, 
And so a work team is located who will travel and build. Not everybody on the work teams could afford the airfare to go on the build. So there are other people who cannot go, but who choose to give money so that others can go in their stead. And the team goes to obey God. They're not going for sightseeing. They're not going because they want to experience Nicaragua. You've got real young church members like John and Brenda Eads who've seen a couple places in the world because John's a retired pilot. John and Brenda worked hard in 95-plus degree weather in unair-conditioned accommodations, sleeping on a four-inch mattress. Brenda wore out a back brace. That's not from work. That's just how hard the accommodations were. They weren't there for sightseeing. They were there for work. Our team is headed up by Sandy Laffin. But Dean has a surprising health scare at the tail end. She decides to go anyway out of faith that God knows what he's doing. And so she leads the build. The house gets built in three days, which I guess is typical for Casas. And we gave it to the family and we dedicated that gift to God. The family then wants to thank us. They want to express their thanks to us. The grandfather says, the whole week, I didn't believe that this was going to happen. When somebody said that somebody's going to build a house and give it to you, I said, no, there's no way that's going to happen. He said, the first day, I thought you would come and not return. And here it is on the last day, and you're giving us a house. I can't believe it happened. I can't thank you enough. Well, who do you think? Do you think Jason Laffin? Yes. Carlos? Yes. The work crew? Yes. Fayetteville Christian Church? Yes. The yard sale workers? Yes. The people who donated, who couldn't attend? Yes. Helen? Yes. It's just too many to think. What you do is you say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. You let people know that this is what God is doing, and we just got to participate along the way. Am I drawing too fine a line here? Can't you just say you're welcome? We got to make such a point of it. But I think that for too long, we've just been saying you're welcome and never pointing people to the great things that God is doing. If I were to tell you, that I built a house in Nicaragua in three days. You might think to yourself, well, I kind of see what he's saying, but you didn't do that alone. You're taking credit for what you never could take credit. Well, for us to take credit for a house without acknowledging God, who's been doing all these things for more than 24 years, would be overstepping our bounds as well. What I'm trying to say is that people need to see what God is doing. 
And it's our obligation as people of faith to give God the credit. God will take care of the rest. If we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. At the end of the week, I marveled at how much God is doing in and through this great church. Nicaragua was just one example. Oh, I wish you could have been there to see this house. But my mind's eye goes to the Wahiways and the Faith Samaritans and the countless cases, many of them I can't even talk to you about. I'm sworn to secrecy. So I want to say, oh, this church is a great church. And that would be true. But I'm restrained to say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. And that really is the truth. Amen? Let's pray.